0: Well, it looks like everything is working tonight. That's fantastic. So I'm going to turn... Well, actually, I should tell everyone tonight I have the administrators and I believe wife of Alan Watt of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. So why don't we just say hi to that person, Melissa. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: You are the wife of Alan Watt, the widow of Alan Watt. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, and we also have Weston, who is the administrator or co-administrator of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com?
2: Yes. Uh, hello, I'm, I guess, the webmaster. The is webmaster. Me. Yeah, because I do that updates on the website normally. Okay, perfect. So now
0: you've heard my two guests. If you want to hear any more, or free, come to FACOTube.com and say goodbye to YouTube. Okay, so we're off YouTube so that way we can talk about anything we want without reprisal. So welcome guys, thanks for joining the show. I'm always happy to meet people for the first time on a show.
1: Well, thank you for having us.
0: Now, I I have you here because I have a couple people I've been talking truth with for about 10 years and both are both are really really Deep into Truth, and I've been doing it since the, well, probably 2000s, I guess, maybe before that. Uh, one guy talked to, Esoteric of Australia, he's been doing this since the 80s, talking about this kind of stuff. And both of these two guys are great big fans of Alan Watt. And they introduced me to Alan Watt, and I did listen to many, many hours of Alan Watt, and found him extremely prescient and really very informed and really got deep 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 into the background and of of truth and all the movers and shakers and and just all the institutions that make up so i was pretty impressed and saddened of course when we're told he died i think it was last year in 2021 yes.
1: march of 2021
0: Right, and so many people that would have been so great to get their views in this massive PSYOP that they often predicted that we're in now would seem to have disappeared or died uh, in the last couple of years, which really stinks. One of them I talked to, uh, for instance, Kerry Mullis, who allegedly invented the PCR process, and another guy I interviewed just before he died uh, last year, I think it was, was... A guy from the Infectious Myth, David Crow, another uh, who is also a Canadian. Oh, wow! And then Alan Watt died last year. That, must, that that really stinks. That the guys that could really give us in-depth evaluations of what's happening in real time now are not with us. What do you guys think?
1: I think it is very hard. I mean, there's a a void there mm-hmm. for me, for for everyone, for Alan's very unique analysis, particularly of, he was a voracious follower of the news that was put out for us, whatever we think about it, whether it's fake or, you know, Uh really happening. He followed it and his ability to kind of cut through it and show you how this was being used, you know, an ancient agenda that Uh has been on the go for a long, long time and how current events tie into the unfolding of that old agenda. And so, yeah, that analysis, and there's, I mean, I'm sorry, but a lot of people will ride in or or say to me, well, you know, a lot of people now are talking about the World Economic Forum and uh, eugenics and Club Club of Rome depopulation, that kind of thing. And, And so, as if there's not a void there, you know, as if, well, now everybody's talking about it. And I think, yeah, but but what he possessed was the ability to never get lost in the forest. You know, he could always see the whole thing, uh, you know, and not just get stuck on this one little area, this one uh, rabbit hole, so to speak. He had a brilliant ability for that, and that I just find that to be missing across the board.
0: Yeah, at, right Right on your screen right now is a video you made on September twenty fifth, 2022, called Fortitude, and I put it on FACO Tube. I
1: saw that. Thank you. you yeah. You've got a lot of listeners, and I'm glad that they saw it too.
0: Yeah, it did really, really well. Uh, FACO Tube, I'm just expanding and increasing the capacity, so I'm always amazed now that I'm getting quite a few more views now that I have it, the site mirrored. in in the areas of the world that seem to like my site. And, yeah, that almost 5,000 views in two weeks. That's very good for my site. That's fantastic, actually. So, obviously, he has quite a few current fans and past fans. Yeah, it was a very uh, nice tribute to Alan Watt, I thought. Let me just play the first second of it so you can remember it and recall it. And let me unmute it here. And we'll just start over here.
1: Hi, I'm Melissa. I was Alan Watt's wife. I've been thinking for quite a long time about talking. I know a lot of people, most people in the world, don't know who is running Alan Watt's websites. They don't know what happened to Alan, and I am here to talk about that today.
0: that's the beginning of your video and it's a really yeah it's actually an hour actually that was a big video wasn't it how hard was that to to finally do and why did you wait so long to do it
1: well it was very hard to very hard to do Mm -hmm. um and i i cried an awful lot i slept very little in the days around putting you know just looking for the images I, i i think i sat down and did the talk all at once, and then the beginning just was so rough, I re-recorded a little bit of that. So the, the actually recording it, but then going through the photographs and piecing it together and making the video, it was just draining. And I, that's probably part of the reason why I didn't do it, but the, for a, a long time was I knew that it would be hard. I also... You know, every week and since Alan died, I listen all throughout the week to his older talks and choose what's going to go up on the website, and and then I write something, and it relates to what I'm putting up on the website. So I'm hearing his voice every day and sometimes for many hours during the day. But I hadn't listened to him play the guitar since he died, and I just didn't think that it, I, I, well, I knew that it would
0: break. you. Yeah. Be, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and it did. And, and I, but I felt that uh, that was how I wanted to end that video, that it would be beautiful. And, and, you know, so I listened and chose something and, and it was hard. So it was hard, but why so long? I mean, truthfully, Tim, I didn't think that I would ever come out publicly and say who I was uh-huh. and, I just I didn't want to do that. I had this idea in my head that people would be happy as long as the website stayed up and there was new material going up every week and something written, just new things and new news links so that it felt to longtime listeners and new people coming in that the site was being maintained. But over time, for a variety of reasons that no longer felt like the right approach. Uh-huh. Um, first of all, because I, I just felt that as hard as I've worked and now Weston is here helping that, that somehow, and I haven't figured this out yet. I haven't nailed it. So <laughs> don't wait for the, the drum roll, but that somehow, in spite of all of my efforts, I was not showcasing Alan's work in the best way for the times that we are in right now, this minute, kind of post the worst of COVID. And the the second real driver was that you know, Alan heard from listeners all over the world. His inbox was always full. And, you know, some people were just sending news links and some people wanted to talk about current events. And some people are just like, Hey, how you doing? And, you know, here's a funny video. But there were throughout the years, there was always a lot of people who had, whose lives have been terribly impacted by one or another. Component of this agenda, you know, fallout casualties, people who were hurting. And I still was getting that, nowhere near the volume, but I was getting that kind of correspondence from people. And they were just writing this random stranger. They had no idea who I was. I'm just there willing to respond to their emails. And Right before I put out that, you know, right before I put out Fortitude, before I sat down in front of the mic or picked out the images, I got an email from someone who said that he was suicidal. Uh. And I happened to be monitoring the emails and I responded, you know, in minutes with an email and then, you know, had a back and forth with him and, and I'm still corresponding with him. But... The the despair, the absolute brokenness of this man, it just so disturbed me. It, it, and I said, okay, that that is it. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not Alan. I can't speak to the things that he did. I'm not a clinical psychologist. I'm not a therapist. I'm, but I care. And I'm going to say who I am and what I'm doing and that, that I am interested in people's lives and how they're being affected by this. And, you know, as much time and energy as I have in a day, as much as I can devote to it, I will talk to people. I will correspond with them. I will, you know, listen. So that that is why it took so long, and that is ultimately why I did it.
0: Oh, nice. I got it. That's interesting. And did you hear back from the suicide email guy?
1: I did. We're still communicating.
0: Oh, good. Why did he reach out to the Alan Watt website? Because he wouldn't even have known who he's writing to.
1: This is what he said, and I don't have it up in front of me, but um, this is what he said and what really prompted my making Fortitude. He said, I wish that Alan was still alive. Hmm, because funny. Alan would be able to help me. He could give me advice. He he would be able to help me understand if there was something I could do or should I just give up.
0: What would Alan so, want have told him, do you think? I guess this is what you're telling him now.
1: Well I you know, I mean sometimes I know what Alan would say, you know, I, I, and I ask myself that all the time, you know, what would Alan say, <laughs> what would he do and how would he handle it? But, you know, I often don't know how he would respond to someone or some situation, but I think in with this particular man, he, what I said to him, I felt Alan would have said, which is you, are not to blame for a system that you were born into that, that was corrupted generation, you know, many, many, many years before you were born, before your parents were born, before your grandparents were born. It's ancient and it is inhuman and it is designed to keep us down, to keep us from knowing, you know, beautiful things about human nature and, and, what we are capable of, and what you know, Alan used to always say there's a lot of different ways that society could develop, could have developed. If it's left alone, it could, you know, who knows? You could guess all day where it would go if we didn't have this very specific system we have where, you know, we're basically run by money.
0: Uh-huh.
1: If it was different, if you know, and you could just, you could play the if game all day long, but there are a lot of ways that society could have gone and the way that it has gone, it's not human. And I put up what I call them redux from the Latin word brought back or returned. so right away, as soon as I started re uploading either excerpts or whole shows, I called them redux Uh and the redux that I put up just yesterday Uh Uh there was a bit in there where Ellen was having a conversation with a caller, Rick from San Diego. And Rick was interested uh, in primarily in two things. How does one, you know, that the ancient Egyptian idea that, that the soul is different from the spirit, that the soul wants to unite with the spirit, you know, so they have an interesting conversation about that. But then Rick wanted to know. How one navigates what is essentially a psychopathic system. How do you, you'd, you'd almost have to go, you know, have your own piece of land or live in a cave, not pay taxes. You know, in this world, you are participating in one way or another in a, in a psychopathic, inhumane, very anti-human evil system. And so basically Alan was saying that We are now at a point where it's evident that most people, the common people, us, you know, the little people, (laughs) we are going along with a psychopathic system because we've been corrupted by it. And he said, as he finished up that thought, but this can't go on. This is not sustainable because it's anti-human. And I think, you know, back to the fellow who wrote in who was literally at the end of what he felt his resources and his mental stamina, he just could not go on. And I don't know. I'm just trying to have a human interaction with somebody who's many, many thousands of miles away that I will never meet mm-hmm. and let him know that that it it really isn't his fault. Yeah. We all have personal, I'm, you know, I'm a big believer in personal responsibility and, 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 and looking at the man or woman in the mirror and understanding that, you know, throughout my life, I have, I've made choices that played into this system and, and know that and say, okay, well, I I won't do that again. I'll do something different. So, yeah, I believe in personal responsibility, but, in a large way, in in many, many ways, we are really, for the most part, kind of powerless in a system that we didn't create, and we just get damaged by it. And I, I hope, hopefully, I'm able to, over these emails that we have exchanged, show him that That just because he doesn't fit in, just because, you know, everything is against him from his upbringing, his job situation, his housing, everything is against him. But there is a reason that he's come as far as he has and he knows what he has and he's woken up to as much of reality as he has, you know, that that's a miracle in itself. Tim, I can just go on as it turns out. <laughs>
0: yeah, you can speak. So
1: feel free, feel free to interrupt me anytime. Well, I will.
0: I get, I, can you? T- how did you meet Alan Watt, and how long were you with him? When did um, that all start? And did I most, heard it, did I heard most people even know he was married?
1: Well, he's—he's. He's, I'm not the first. And I'll just say that, but um <laughs> I'm not his first. The first lady love. Um, yeah. I heard him on the radio in 2007 and we began corresponding and talking on the phone. And, um, long story short, I've I've been with him since the spring of 2008 physically. Right. But yeah, I mean, you know, in, in my in my mind, I mean, you know, in terms of how much time we spent on the phone and, um, and communicating toward that end in 2007. So however many years that is mm-hmm. or was.
0: So you you were always interested in truth. Would you call him a, a truther or just a esoteric, a historical researcher? Or was he both?
1: Um, well, I don't – I mean, you know – I wouldn't call him a truther, and yet, you know, from my perspective, he really embodied the spirit of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, everything he said was true. Um, and he is a, a deep researcher into history and machinations and how this system works. Um, I I would not consider, I mean, there were things in my life that led me to question. I mean, I I, I would say the first really big questions that I had came after nine eleven, 11 Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I had had the opportunity to go to some communist countries when I was a teenager with my father's work. And, and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was in Romania when I was like 14. Yeah. And I, we landed at the one, the main airport right as we were coming into Romania. And I was 14 and I had a fashion magazine with me and it was under my arm there. And so there was, you know, probably some cute teenage girl on the cover of the fashion magazine. And the, we got into the airport and there were armed soldiers everywhere. And they were going, they were checking everyone that that deplaned and going through our luggage, inspecting everything. And these armed soldiers became very fascinated with my fashion magazine, so much so that they took it away from me. And I was having an argument. They didn't speak English. I didn't speak Romanian. But I was telling them, it's my magazine, and I want it back. <laughs> and my father came over and said, honey, don't argue with men with machine guns.
0: Yeah, just good Let them
1: ma- yeah. <laughs> have the magazine. So this was kind of my first experience with a completely alien culture. And then we traveled to Poland uh when I was about 16 going on 17, I think. And the same thing. It was just very, you know, a lot of military, a lot of uh, military at the airports, a lot of just this feeling that it was a militarized society. And at nine after nine eleven, and you know, I I was right on board with the official narrative at the beginning, and um, you know, let's wave the flag and all of that. And I actually knew a gentleman that was on one of the flights that that died. So it, there, it, was, it, it was very real to me, and those towers going down over and over and over, the psychic driving of that image, I, you know, it was, it was real. But not just a few weeks after that I traveled somewhere, I flew. And when I flew, you had to take off your shoes, and there were armed people everywhere, armed soldiers, armed people and I I became extremely disturbed. I thought, you know, I've seen this before, and where I've seen it is in a communist country. And I don't like that it's here. And then this led, I had, you know, arguments with somebody that I was working with, and he said, you've got to give up some freedom and rights for safety and security. And I said, no, that, no, I don't. I don't want to live like that. I've seen this. I know what it is. I know where it leads to. So that was kind of the beginning of my questioning of things. But I was not a rabid truther. I was not um, a conspiracy theorist. You know, I I fancied myself as somebody who wanted to know the truth of reality and and the situation. But I really didn't have a deep suspicion that things weren't what they appeared to be. And then I just stumbled upon Alan on the radio. And I, I have to tell you, it was literally (laughs) mind altering in that moment. I thought this man is telling the truth and I don't think I've ever heard it before. Uh And it was just profound. I mean, it was totally a life altering exposure to truth and a different way of looking at life. And, um, and that's, you know, I mean, I I, I I loved him, and I, I love to continue to do things. You know, I've, I did things to help him for so many years, and this is an extension of that. But it, it's also, for me, it was so life-altering. I want to make sure that the material is available and noticeable, noticeable to people that, you know, and that includes even, you know, being willing to talk myself so that... So that it's new, you know what I mean? It's new. There's something going on over it, cutting through the matrix. So,
0: I gotcha. So, let's talk to Weston now. He's the webmaster. How did you get involved in the whole website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com? And Alan Watt, because you go ahead. You're you're a lot young. You're you're a younger man, I think.
2: That's right. So you know, I'm I'm you know, I'm not quite thirty. Oh. And I got, uh, well, really, I, I was just a listener yeah. and a donator, I, and I wrote letters okay. to, to Alan Watts. And well, uh, really I had no idea that uh, Melissa existed and that she was actually the one reading letters to Alan
1: Well, I mean, he I, I read them out loud to him, but yes. he. And the yeah. only reason that I read your letters to him was because your handwriting was kind of... <laughs> Hard to make
2: out. Okay, there was that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was, so I was just a normal listener. Well, I guess, you know, no one who listens to Alan Watt could be characterized as normal. Well, least. you are a I
0: regular think. listener.
2: I was a regular listener, that's right. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I'd listened to, you know, all those newer talks and I read the transcripts for his older talks. And I just continued writing letters all the way up through the COVID. And then when Alan Watt passed, a few months after he passed, uh, Melissa emailed me saying you know, she would like to check in, and so with me. So you know, please, would would you want to call or whatever? And so I, I said okay, because I had never even I know I never even you know talked to Alan Watt or anything. You know, I just simply every once in a while I'd hear you know short you know little response to one of my letters, or or even sometimes I think when he was doing his talks, I think he'd be responding to me. I don't know. I can never prove that, but I thought in some, some of his talks he was responding to my letters. But uh, so, anyways, during the summer after Alan Watt died, I was contacted, and we I ended up talking on the phone with Melissa. And then, you know, she casually mentioned that, you know, she, she was going to go to the U.S. because she was still in Canada at the time, and that she might need some help with the website because, it was you know, it was always a two-person job. I, people just didn't know that. And so I, you know, I, I said, "Well, yeah, I'd be glad to help." And so I just didn't realize. I thought that Alan Watt had a circle of friends that were going that was, that would be happy to take over once you know he passed away and everything. I had no idea that it was just one person doing everything, you know. And so I had no idea. But eventually, you know, I realized, okay, you know, if she needs help, you know, I'm glad to do it because I think Alan Watt really changed my life a lot. Um. And. I think that, uh, you know, I owe Alan Watt a lot for all the incredible information they've put out over the years. And so I figured, you know, well, what better thing could I be doing than helping, you know, spread, preserve and spread this information?
1: That's
2: so good. So that's, that's basically my story. You know, and so I just, you know, came over to Texas when she moved to the U.S. And, or not long after she moved to the U.S. So you're, so
0: you're from the U.S.?
2: Uh, yes, I'm from the U.S.
0: Okay. Very good. It looks like we have uh, my my co-pilot tonight esoteric on the line esoteric how are you
3: good afternoon good morning i echoing
0: no you're sounding perfect perfect say hi to melissa who is alan watt's widow and weston who is alan watt website's co-website author
3: hello (laughs) melissa and weston
1: hi how are you esoteric
3: I'm good. Just call me Rick. I just, it's a silly name I put on there. Sorry, okay. to... <laughs> right, Rick. But um, I listened to your show. Um, fantastic um, to hear some an, another side of Alan.
0: Now, Melissa, at the beginning, you may not have heard Rick. He, she said she'd be honoured to hear your impression. So uh, I told her you do a fan, you're a fantastic impressionist. So if you if you want to work up to it, or you want to try it now, you can do an impression. Oh, so,
3: uh, well, you, you haven't you any recordings of me doing it? I, I do it out of respect. Out of respect. I know, and she's. Oh
1: no, I, I would love to hear it. That would be a hoot. Hey, f-
3: uh, hi, hi, folks. This is Alan. What's his name? Reporting from Australia in 1922. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's part of it. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> How, Rick, how no, long were you listening? Think I look to anything like him. She wouldn't think I looked anything like him. she knows him.
0: Oh, I put you on the spot, but you did really well. But if you, you can, yeah. you can work it in later if you want. Hey folks.
3: I oh, no, I just, oh, look, I've listened to every, every show he did twice.
0: Wow. So, wow. Um, <laughs> that's but why I wanted he... to get you on, Rick, cause I want, you probably know more about Alan Watt than I could even dream of. And how long were you listening now and what? How long how long?
3: Uh from about twenty eight. Oh, eight or twenty
2: ten. ten. Oh okay. Mm.
0: And that's about the yeah, time so when not... Melissa met him. Or or oh, okay. or moved in with him, is that right, Melissa? Mm-hmm. So how many shows would you have listened to, Rick?
3: Well I was painting my house when I got told you should listen to this guy, and so i did, and i painted the entire interior and exterior of the house listening and because of my work i work sometimes fifteen hours a day and I can listen to podcasts. <clears throat> I listen pretty much to everything and it 's good because i've i've got a bad memory sometimes and he re, he repeats himself, which is good and um that same information has been. And so I, I, I checked on stuff. I'd never heard of uh, the, what's his name, the Mil- Mil- Mil-
0: Milner Group.
1: Milner,
3: yeah, the Milner, Milner yeah. Group. The yeah. I'd never heard of him before. Mm-hmm. And um, that, but what, what would really interest me if he used to always mention this particular meeting that was held in Sydney in 1937 or 38. Yeah, it's- right that book d- 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 he must have had the minutes to it of some form can you remember the date of that meeting because it's not far from like I- i'm in sydney you know a few days a week and i'd like to find because um, it said lapstone was the, the yes the, well
1: as a matter of fact um You know, Alan was not a collector of uh, rare or valuable or first edition books and nothing like that at all. But I considered that book to be so important that of all of his books, I actually put it in my purse when I traveled back. So I have it right Right. here. It's called The British Commonwealth and the Future. And it's the proceedings of the second unofficial conference on British Commonwealth relations, Sydney, 3rd to 17th September
3: 1938. Right, gotcha. Okay, so I've um, been trying to research into that myself and I've found some of the people that possibly would have been at that meeting and I've got their biographies and I've, they're so big and dull, it's really hard to find the, find it because they've obviously kept that. That's a very important meeting that, that basically... Um, Runs down the future of the, what we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and especially have, in, re- especially the, the, in relation
1: to China, but in, in a lot of other ways India. too. And yeah.
3: India. And India. Yeah. 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 And we're seeing that now that they're, they're releasing the Indians of on, on especially over the, this down under now. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what was in that meeting that said. When, when will we be allowed to? The Indian guy that was their representative said, um, when will we be able to, you know, spread our, get rid of, probably get rid of half our population or more? And they said, not yet. And,
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. So that's fascinating. That's I'm so glad that you've got that book because it is a very important
0: book. It says it's, a, it it says it's a journal. And you can buy it off the Royal Institute of International Affairs or Chatham House website, actually. I've got it on my screen right now.
3: Just out of of curiosity,
1: what is Chatham House selling it for? (laughs)
0: Looking here, it looks like it, it, well, I'm not It looks like it's 39 US dollars.
1: No, that's not bad. I that don't know really
0: if that wrong. is just for that or it just gives you access to the website or what it is. It says short. Mm-hmm. That gives you short-term access to it. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing you I have to... I wonder how much
3: mm-hmm. have been added or removed. Because um, a, a lot of these old, old books, I think they've done a bit of uh, censorship,
2: possibly.
0: No doubt.
3: Uh,
1: I, I think so, yeah. The...
2: It'd be interesting to find out. That could be, well, maybe in the future. Uh, we could look yeah, into that. Well,
3: that. I think it holds a whole book, uh, sorry, a whole show just on that meeting. Um, I always wanted him to do that, but I never I never contacted him. Um,
0: How often did so he talk l- about it on the show?
3: Oh, regularly. Yeah. Uh, regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think. It was probably the most, to me, the most interesting thing that he he talked about because it it was, they they seem to do these meetings in certain spots and I've always had a thing that this Lapstone and the Blue Mountains area, it was a very powerful area because it's got these, a lot of caves everywhere and and i found, I ended up going up and holidaying at the Janolan Caves which are very close to Lapstone. And in the interior of these caves, is just, they're all named after, um, uh, demons, <laughs>
1: literally. Ooh, that is interesting.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To t- look up Janolan Caves. And when you go there, I kid you not, you, you the, 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 there's a old, old hotel. You'd, it's, you'd swear to God you're in the uh, Shining, <laughs> you know, the movie The Shining. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really spooky area. And the the guy that I suspect was the main man is, is, is his, his surname is Evatt, E V A T T, and he was the Kissinger of Australia that actually helped set up the United Nations, and he was based up that area. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's
1: a there
0: there. Huh. Mm. Uh, Melissa, let's ask you: um, How? What did you think of living in Sudbury? If that—that's where he lived, I think.
1: Yeah, out, out, um, really, in a, an unincorporated area called Esther, which is probably about twenty kilometers from Sudbury. But
0: and you're from Texas, I, right? So
1: I am, but I had, you know, I'd lived in other places just prior to being there. I have—I haven't actually lived here since I was pretty young. Like oh, is that school. right? Like, you're, yeah.
0: So you traveled around the world, you said.
1: Well, did I say that? <laughs>
0: uh, well, with, well with, with your father.
1: No, no, I mean, I have, I mean, I've traveled a lot. I've lived in several different places and I have traveled, you know, oh, I did say I went to.
0: Yeah. Romania, and Poland. Yeah. Dad,
1: yeah. Um, but so yes, that is true. I found it to be cold in a harsh climate. Um, but I'm, I've made some good friends up there that I miss. And there, I, I really do miss the look of the land, the land that was around the house. It's these hill, rocky hills, kind of big, huge boulders. Yeah, the everywhere. Canadian
0: Shield, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The granite. And,
1: um, you know, one of my favorite things we, you, you wouldn't want to drive that much in the wintertime because the roads were bad. But if you had to go into town in the middle of winter, you know how the ice goes down like a waterfall and then freezes on all those rocks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. And certain times of the day, it takes on this intense blue color. And, you know, I found the countryside to be beautiful, but it was cold and harsh. Um,
0: Is that the main reason you chose to go back to Texas where it's warmer?
1: Well, I mean, no, I I think the main reason was, you know, Alan was Scottish. Mm -hmm. I'm American. I wasn't going to survive in that place. In that remote place, on my own, you know, the work—it took two of us to do things, and you know, you
2: have a mile-long driveway that you had to shovel snow out. Well, the the
1: the the drive wasn't quite that long. I mean, it it was long; it was very long, and you we had to shovel down over the railroad tracks and down the hill to the main part of the road. So there was a lot of shoveling, but it was.
0: I'm sure you had a machine to do that. You wouldn't.
1: Actually, no,
2: no machine.
1: we didn't get a snowblower until after Alan was in the hospital in 2016. Um, at, at that point, then we needed to have a blower. But before that, it was the plastic shovel, and I did it, and he did it.
0: And, Whoa. Okay. All right. yeah. In other words, if it snowed two feet, you weren't getting out for weeks.
1: Well, I, could, I, found, I discovered that I could shovel an awful lot of snow wow. um, in a day. <laughs> but, yeah, it was hard work. But to do that, you know, and let's say I'd shovel the driveway and then he had to get on the roof and shovel snow off the roof because, you know, you don't want the roof to cave in. Right. Um,
0: Yeah, that's a lot of work. It's just
1: a lot of work and, you know, and the wood, I mean, I don't know. I I just could not conceive of living that kind of a life as a woman on my own.
0: Oh, that makes sense. Weston, did you ever come up to Sudbury to, to visit, or you just were a letter writer? And
2: I was just a letter writer, yeah. and I didn't uh, meet Melissa until she came back, after she came back to the U.S. Right. Um, and, like, she didn't even know that I would be willing to come help by when she decided to move to the U.S. at that point. Like, you know, it was before I was in the picture, really. It was like right, as she was de- right after she decided to move, she, that's when I called her.
1: But the I, you thing. know, the, this is a, the thing about Weston, though, is that well, he, she did know
2: I was going to help her. But I, I well, I mean,
1: he he'd written letters to Alan for so many years, and Alan was impressed with his wasn't just the i say the intellect, but the the fact that a young man was a serious reader of the dusty old books and. Yeah. You know, he just kind of in my, you know planted that in my head that this was a young fellow to keep an eye on so that's good and i had the same feeling for many years before i ever talked to him that he was that there was something different about him you, you, i mean i'm i don't want to make too much of it but but reading is kind of a lost art <laughs> Oh, definitely. A lot of people don't like to read, and Weston likes to read, and he has read a lot for someone of his age. And
0: you yeah, know. that's good. Rick, and his, Rick is you know, a his, big reader as well. Rick reads a lot of books from uh, the past, don't you, Rick?
3: Yeah, you know. And I, but, but like the other night, I was r- reading an old diaries from a guy who'd um, been in the British Army from. Ireland through to India, through to China, through to Australia and New Zealand. and the, These are the kind of where you get your information from, I think, just a normal person writing their diaries about how much mm-hmm. things cost, what they did. And uh, Alan would have loved this book, guaranteed.
1: I'm sure it's, he would have.
3: It's boring to some people. Some people find it absolutely boring, but I find it fascinating to see the 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 life that people led back in the day mm-hmm.
0: so alan was it was he a big reader or
1: oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah and and i i think he had been uh, always
0: since his youth he
1: said
0: what now was he a canadian or was he a scottish national living in canada
1: he was a scottish national
0: that's interesting he's a quite a few people that just come over and is there any reason why he didn't become a Canadian? Did he ever tell
1: you?
0: Oh, I, I, I'm
1: not, I mean, I, we didn't talk about it at length. I I think for Alan, a lot of things really kind of came down to time. He was very focused on what he was doing.
0: Okay. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, may, maybe years and years ago, if he if it, if he had done it, if it had been something that he would have done, right when he first got there, uh, but but by the but by 2005 or so, he was fully into this work, and uh-huh. he he just didn't have time for that.
0: What did he do before he did research? Do you know?
1: Well he He's had a mixed and interesting background i mean primarily he did a lot of music uh, mm-hmm. he wrote he wrote music he sold songs he did session work he toured with bands he did all kinds of music uh, oh, okay rock and pop and uh classical blues he played with you know stacks of bands and so
3: D- did he have something to do with um Jerry Rafferty and the and the and the actual because he used the, the the music from Baker Street.
0: That's right.
3: Um, and and I do remember him saying something about helping out or possibly um with those guys. Same here. Um
1: Yeah, I mean, basically the how I will leave this is if you heard him say it on a. Talk at some point, then you can run with that in your mind and kind of put it together. Um, he didn't talk about it. He he didn't talk about it. The main reason was because he said that was in the past, and I'm completely focused on what I'm doing now. And I kind of have that same sense of urgency or mission, if you will, that we are in really dire bad times and. There are things to talk about that have a huge impact on our lives, and I don't want to get waylaid. I mean, I'm not sure that the autobiographical parts of Alan, as interesting as they were to me and would be to anybody that followed him, are really pertinent to what we're going through and what I feel I need to talk about, but also... (laughs) I would sometimes – I mean, he did tell me things that he didn't tell anybody else in terms of I wrote that, I did this, I was involved with that. Um, But sometimes if I'd press him too much, I'd say, oh, that that song sounds like something that you would have written. Did you write that? And he'd say, well, I can't tell you that because women can't keep secrets.
0: Oh, that's funny. It is kind of funny (laughs) that this song – I used this, when I first started my show, uh-huh. for whatever reason, I used this song at the intro of my first two or three shows, and it's still kind of crazy because I was, uh, someone thought I was linked to Alan Watt, and of course, when I, I started know. mine, I had no idea who he was, and uh-huh. uh, everyone is so suspicious of people that just start coming on to the truth scene and start start talking truth that I was really sort of thrown for a loop, that there had been so many people before me that have been talking about the stuff I was talking about in 2012. I really came on not knowing anyone else that was talking about stuff. I just, I just started talking into a mic and played this song, and then all of a sudden I was told that was Alan Watt's theme song. and Because uh, I've always listened to music from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. So. His,
3: lighter, his lighter theme song. As Oh, was it? Because he, he went through, yeah, he, he had um, a number, he had Bruce Springsteen. And yeah. yeah,
1: and yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, th- I think, well, I, I don't think I'm uh, talking out of school or, or giving anything away if I say that if there was music that Alan regularly used, this bumper music or that was associated with him over the years, it's probably a safe assumption that he had, some kind of involvement in it and that I, is that vague enough
0: yeah.
1: It, yeah.
3: Is that, he, he, was, he, he kind of he, he kind of implied that and kept a bit of a cryptic yeah yeah.
1: yeah so
3: so I, I don't know if Ab asked you but so what did he was that his real name or is that a pseudonym
1: oh that's another one that i
0: <laughs> i didn't ask that actually because it didn't cause oh. that's why i wanted you on rick because i Honestly, didn't remember him saying that, or even yeah, that's interesting. Because well, no,
3: because so many people, it's it's why would you pick a name which is identical to one of the biggest philosophers on the planet, unless it was your real name? And I thought it yeah. sounds like it probably was his real name.
1: Well, I don't, you know. Here's here's the thing. I, I I'm uh, you know part of the reason of being in the background is you know, I. I don't really really know that I, I mean, I certainly don't think that I have like huge anything to add to all of the amazing wisdom and things that Alan had researched for many, many years. And I'm like, Oh, let's just stay behind the scenes and do the website and all of that. But truthfully, you know, just as a human being, I mean, it would be great to just talk about Alan all the time. And I'd love to say, Oh yeah. And he was so amazing in that, that, you know he told me about the time that he was working with this band and i mean that would be a lot of fun for me but he really was into his privacy and um you know on principle for for his safety for my safety for the safety of anybody who was in his orbit it was just the code that he lived by i'm yeah, a private man and, yeah
0: i'm private yeah, too so, i'm private too I, I i yeah it was just odd that a lot of people there's another what is it A uh, the guy alan watts what what does he do again yeah, he's, a, uh,
1: he's, a, he's a he's a the um Lady. british american uh zen buddhist or buddhist philosopher he called himself yeah. i think a philosopher entertainer oh okay um Eldis I,
3: I, I, Huxley, yeah, yeah. Huxley was a huge fan. Huge
0: mm-hmm. fan of.
1: Yeah. Oh. And sure. I, you know, I think he was just. A, yeah. There. There you go. There he is. Um,
0: so he died but, young. And, and I, I
1: confess that I've. I don't know that I've ever actually listened to an Alan Watts talk. I I just don't. I I. Didn't oh, they're have anything constantly
3: confusing people. People are constantly confusing me when, when I say. You should listen to Alan Watt. They all go, oh, yes, 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 yes. He's very, very mainstream as a philosopher.
1: Well, he he is, and and this is an interesting thing to me. You know, if you talk about shadow banning someone,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Alan, it it would be interesting to me that you could put in the title of some show that Alan Watt had done, and you might never find that on YouTube, but you're going to get stacks and stacks of Alan Watts. And I'm not oh, yeah. sure as, but as much as he had a cult following when he was alive and that, you know, folk like Huxley, like, you know, there are a lot of people who said they were influenced and really loved the work that Alan Watts, the philosopher was doing. I don't think he was like super wildly popular until about the time Alan Watt came out. I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, I'm sound, big, you know, but Alan
0: Watts, your, your, your ex, your husband, he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page, it looks like. No.
1: He has a
0: rational wiki page. Yeah. The yeah best he's he got, got, he
1: gets debunked um, on rational, rational wiki. wiki.
0: Okay. That's yeah. interesting.
1: Yeah. So
0: I never go there. but I, guess. I mean,
1: one, one thing that Alan would say himself is the, the very best way to censor someone is never talk about them. You know, don't talk about them. And, and that isn't, you know, I, I know there are a lot of people. There are a few people out there who have their own forum who were really influenced by him and they do give a nod now and again to him. But so many people in the, what you'd call the, the mainstream of the alternative completely owe pretty much anything they know about anything oh, that's yeah. real.
3: Yeah, especially it, yeah. Uh, um, David Icke and, uh, and um, Alex Jones.
1: Oh, I mean, and um, I don't. I I told Tim off the air before we started. I don't really want to uh, put my. I, I don't want to put myself on that list of you know, and joining the. I don't want to be hated that <laughs> that much. You know what I mean? But I could tell story after story of the dirty stri- dirty trick squads. Those oh. people who are kind of high up in the alternative world, the links that they will go to. And
0: was he ever on yeah. Alex's show though? Cause
2: he, hit- yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. He was. yes. Yeah. yeah. He was on-, him, like, was on Alex Jones show. Yeah. How many times?
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Quite a few times.
2: Yeah.
3: He, he did what Jay Dyer's doing now. Another huge Alan Watt fan, Jay Dyer, and constantly, constantly name dropping him. So he he's, he gives credit where credit's due, but he's now yes, doing the, what yes. Alan did is hosting the last hour of the Alex Jones show.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, Jay is actually one of the few people who has given credit where credit is due.
0: Yeah. Alan Watt was often complaining about that, that he wasn't being being given credit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Old. you know, at a certain point, he said, "Well, you can't." There's you you can't say an awful lot about it because then it sounds like sour grapes. Uh-huh. But I can't tell you how many times something that Alan talked about on a RBN show or on one of his podcasts the very next day, you'd hear it on at, uh, at least one, maybe two of the other alternative shows. They'd just pick it up, no credit, no mention, oh, here's where I heard that from.
0: And one thing I always do, I'm not really a researcher maybe as much as Alan Watt was, but I always just put links to where I heard stuff and let people go find it themselves. Because I just think that it's much better to share the truth and just let people do their own research with whatever you found. And if you make it easy for people, I think that's the best way.
1: Well, that's – oh, go ahead.
2: I was going to say, Alan Watt did that too. Like he linked Mm -hmm. to Bill Cooper – yeah, he's oh yeah. To, uh, uh, John Taylor Gatto. You know, he's linked to Anthony Sutton's works, uh, you know, discussed it many Wood. times. Patrick yeah. Wood's works he's linked to. Well, that's good. Um, so, yeah. You know, he's, he's he's always, you know, he's really compiled and spread a lot of different books and researchers. In fact, to the point where I would complain, people, are, when they listen to him, they go off to buy all these other books and they don't buy his books. And his book, <laughs> and that's a real shame because his books are actually really. Uh some of the best I, you know, books out there the, as far as, like, nonlinear thinking and waking up sort of is, goes. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't get better now than watching cutting through books. But, you know, they just go out have and you spoil together. You know, have you
3: thought about putting out a really good, like, a pro copy of some of his books? Because a lot of the ones, they just came out in a binder form. They, didn't, they weren't really bound. produced.
1: Yeah, I uh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say I've got more ideas than I have time in the day. But, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um And, you know, back to the point of people not giving credit where it's due, I think my own personal theory there is it's a kind of self-aggrandizing ego thing is sad because these people want to be seen as the ones who have all this esoteric knowledge or they've done all the research and, you know, somehow think that it takes something away from them by acknowledging and and it doesn't you know, I mean okay so they don't look like a genius <laughs> at least they look like a decent human huh?
0: Exactly. How long do you how long do you think you're going to keep the website going? Because it must be a...
1: until I die or wow. it, uh, um,
2: or, uh, or,
1: it the, or the or
2: the authorities we, come and get you
1: or the internet ceases <laughs> to be in this iteration or you know whichever comes first, but I, I think that, no, I mean, I'm, I'm committed. I believe, you know, I loved Alan, but I, I believe in what he was doing. I, I, you know, like, I think it's so important. I think it's still so relevant. I think that everything, if you listen to a talk of his from 2007 or 2012, it, you just cannot believe the prescience, the Accuracy with which he called yeah, oh, the time that un- un- we're living uncanny.
3: It's, its uncanny. Yeah. 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 And, and you can I, listen to I it don't feel to me. Accuracy. I
1: don't. Yeah. I, I don't feel like yeah. oh, it's this old archive of you know talks from somebody who passed away, and and I'm just keeping it going and you know kind of keeping the lights on. No, I find this to be relevant in a way that I think. This information will change lives, will save lives, will help people not beat themselves up because they don't understand the system and how it works. And they can, they can make sense. We're living through times that are so insane that if you, if one hadn't been live, listening to Alan or, you know, gathering this information on their own for a while, the time, what we've just lived through since the beginning of 2020 is yeah you
0: wouldn't be able to make sense of it that 's yeah. for sure and he's no, one of the few people that talked about the vaccines back in the day what? and how they 'd yeah. be used and i don 't think anyone could have really predicted how they were going to do it um they they, they the, the, the elite left hints, but Alan really was talking about
3: Well, he what he did is he 'd read from uh, 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 what well, he'd spot something in a news report right that you know that just signed some vaccination. Uh, you know, law that's coming through that they can force vaccinate people.
0: Yeah, exactly. All the declarations of the WHO that became the blueprint of all public health doctrine throughout the world, including Canada. That's right. Was um, Alan ill before he died? Was there any indication that he was going to die, or was it right out of the blue? Because he would have been, what, in the 60s or 70s?
1: It was right out of the blue, and I mean, he was—he was feeling unwell for a few days after the last show that he did. He was feeling unwell, but I mean, as I said in that the video, fortitude—he had—he'd had some booster shots back in the '90s to go on tour.
0: Oh right, yeah, and it, do you think and, it took that long yeah. to that oh, hurt him? Well, yeah.
1: About, yeah, That. he came down almost immediately. I mean, within days with rheumatoid arthritis, very, very terrible. He, he lost the use of his hand. His fingers swelled up to twice their normal size. Right,
0: side.
1: wow. You know, doctor said you won't play again. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it hurt his spine. Did he and talk then, about that
0: on his show? Yes. Yes. I oh, he did. did. Oh, okay. Yeah, he about
1: it. I mean, he didn't talk about it a lot, but... Um, he, because did he you just redux did part- that? Pardon?
0: Did you guys redux that show where he talks about it? That would be oh, um, He's he mentioned, he mentioned it. Regularly. He's, he's uh, actually he mentioned it, it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I've reduxed that one, but he's mentioned the complications that he had from the vaccine uh. probably, I mean, several times. I, think I After
2: 2016, when he was in the hospital, I think he talked about some of his problems. Yeah, in one of his shows, he he was
1: very ill in 2016. That that also I think had some long term impacts on his health as well. What the doctors described as a perfect mm-hmm. storm, and and that whole thing was just a nightmare of dealing with you know socialized medicine and and he also he talked about that. Uh, probably you you would find those in like the early. May talks of 2016, you'll find him talking in fairly good detail about some of the things that had happened when he was hospitalized. Just things like medicine that he needed that would, that the, the ER doctor actually put him on a very strong antifungal medication the day that he was admitted into the hospital. And it turned out to be the right medication and it was helping him. And then a specialist kind of pranced into the room and had a hissy fit and we haven't done the 12 tests. We, you know, you have to have 12 vials and, and anyway, then he said, the specialist said he was just such an important man and he couldn't see Alan right away for months, actually. So we had to get a listener who was in Thailand, wired the money, had them get the medication, had them send it to Canada. This is not a restricted drug, right? It's just oh, one that, yeah. So it's not restricted. It's just one that his doctor was, wasn't going to give him a prescription for or the specialist overseeing the case. And that was confiscated by Canadian customs. I'm sure because it was Alan's medicine. I mean, there would be no reason for it. And and what we had to go through, getting someone in the UK to get the medication that had been returned to Thailand and then sneak it again in, in in a package that had candy in it, you know, and getting it to them. So it was months before you had the right medication. And then when Alan talked about this a few times I don't think he said the specialist by name, but, you know, Sudbury is not a big area. So if you knew what you were looking at, you know, an infectious disease specialist, you'd probably be left with, you know, one person <laughs> that you could think was behind all this. Well, out of the blue, this so-called very important specialist, their office called and said, oh, we." Well, We've got an opening and you can come in. And and then the specialist, you know, kind of to cover what he had done months earlier when Alan was in the hospital said, well, I didn't realize that they had taken 12 vials and that you had had 12 positive tests. Uh, but But then the way that he said it kind of danced. But on the other hand, we had to redo those anyway. So in other words, admit that you made a mistake, but then say, it was inconclusive, even though they were just positive. For, so forget that I just admitted I made a mistake. It was like that. And um, and there were other things that that doctor did. Well, I don't know. I don't want to get into a, the huge yeah. thing. Yeah, but, it could be. But what,
0: towards the end, I didn't listen to all his shows. I'm just more of a casual listener because I, I listen to as much content from everywhere as I can just to create a – a collage on my site, but towards the end, what was he saying about what was happening? What was, what were his predictions? Um, was he, was he, was he going back and saying, I talked about this in 2008? Um, how did he handle what he predicted? What was he saying at the time?
1: Well, I think, you know, that, that last year his talks, they became very long. You know, they it started off. You know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours. It built. To, you know, some of the shows that he was doing every week would be four to even five hours long. So he was packing a lot of material in there. And one of the things that he did that was so helpful was he was covering an a, an incredible amount of information, news information. So he was reading deeply and widely about the various components of the agenda that was at play. So if somebody's beating somebody up because they're not wearing a mask, he was going to cover that. But he was also going to cover something that he had discovered about a military study about a cytokine storm being released with the flu shot. And then tying that in with the push to, you know, during the time of COVID to run out and get your flu vaccine that we're still hearing that. So he would just relentlessly cover it very deeply. What is the media saying about this? But every week he was making sure to show you this is eugenics. Mm -hmm. This is depopulation. And those that he had never veered from the fact that at the core of everything that we are watching, what you are seeing is an old plan to depopulate because this elite who've proven their worth in the system, they want a manageable popula- yeah, a purpose made, they don't
2: want just. People running around, yeah, really they want, dilly, exactly. or like Have an excess population; they don't really need so many people because they have AI and robots, and
0: you know, right? So right. automation yeah. and cheap labor all around the world, open borders.
1: But for, but P-trade. for me personally, and the, and we're getting off into you know kind of the esoteric here. But for me personally, what I found most compelling about the last year plus of Alan's talks was. How many times? Just as a little aside, a little breadcrumb in there. You got four hours of him going through the news, but there these these ruminations on what are we really looking at here? You know, what is actually behind this system? And he had some very interesting things to say about evil, the nature of evil, uh, good versus evil. spirit versus matter things he's talked about over the years, but how are we watching it played out in this agenda? Because I think what he felt was what happened around COVID, the speed with which they implemented plans that they'd obviously had on the books for a long time. This was the the mask coming off for the, the globalists, so to speak. This was their, you know, we're all being told that we have to wear a mask everywhere. Well, their mask is coming off and we can see them for who they are now. Uh, a kind of a revelation of the method I think we've been living through these past few years.
0: And was he nervous or hopeful for the future? No, Neither. They, no, he was... Mm-hmm sort of indifferent?
1: Well, but, no. Um, I don't know what, I'm not sure they're, I'm not surprised. Um,
0: did he think we had long? Did he think uh, the, the system that they're implementing was going to really come very quickly and because there wasn't much resistance? Was he surprised at the reaction? Because he he made all these predictions based on his research, but I don't think... Do you think anyone could really predict the reaction of, of people in general and the population in general? That, that, that to me, is the wild card that I don't think anyone could really predict.
1: Well, I I think in a way he, ha- he did predict the response of people. I mean, Alan used to say... That he had two enemies in this ancient war. Uh, the first were the elite. Uh, I don't even know if that's the best word for them, but the, the obsolete. Global, like, we call them obsolete. Yeah. yeah. The, the 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 those at the top who have planned this agenda intergenerationally and implemented that. Those would be his enemies. But his other enemy is the. They are the masses who in mm-hmm. Every generation, they have gone along to get along. They have adapted. They have slowly said, okay, well, I'll do this. They're the ones he used to make this. Um, uh, the, the image was that people just don't believe it's going to actually happen to them. So they go along, they go along, they adapt. And he said, you know, you, you've got people that are lined up in front of the trench in World War II. They're, yeah. they're watching their other people get mowed down ahead of them. And he said, if you've got three guards with guns, if those prisoners had rushed the guards, yeah, maybe half a dozen of them would have died, but they could have prevailed in that situation, at least for that time. They could have They could have gained the upper hand, and a number of them wouldn't have gone in the ditch, the trench, that day. But that is not in human nature. It's in human nature to okay. say, "Well, okay, this really horrible thing that is happening in front of my eyes is not going to happen to me." Happen
3: to me? Don't we? Don't you think we have just saw that with the last two years of masking and uh, vaccines?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think yeah. he would say, "I mean, I think he saw that while he was here, and he would still be seeing that." You, you see people who have complied. You know, well, this much, but not or. Uh, you know, oh, that's really terrible what's happening in Australia. They've got them in detention, you know, uh, uh, quarantined for weeks and weeks and weeks, but it's not happening here. Well, that's really terrible what's happening in Canada to the trucker strike and, and freezing people's bank accounts, but it's not happening here. So because it's not happening here, yeah. there's not this universal outrage This because yeah. it's denial. So
3: very clever how they did that. They targeted certain areas and then... And even into a country like in Australia, for instance, we'd look over at Melbourne and go, Oh, thank God we're not there. And certainly mm-hmm. we're not there. And then next, thing you know, they swapped it over and That's right. people didn't do anything about it. Hmm. Human nature. Weston, you're a
0: young guy. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you see for the future? And how do you think Alan Watt really molded your view of the future? Does it make you optimistic or pessimistic? Mm-hmm.
2: I guess, I mean, well, it does make me pessimistic in in a sense that, you know, because, okay, you know, I have an understanding of human nature, which agrees with my own observations. not just because I heard Alan Watts say it, that people will go along to get along and fit in and generally are obeying authority, you know, and uh, you see people even wearing masks in their cars and and other ridiculous things. Uh, You realize that, uh, I've come to think, you know, there isn't, you know, the agenda is actually going to happen. Like for a while, like you can hear someone like Alan Watt say, we're just the the people who run the world are eugenicists and they want to depopulate and so on. You can hear somebody say, but, you know, when you first, especially like when you first hear that, you know, for the first time in your life, you're not really going to believe it because, because of the way you've been brought up. You know, you, you think all these nice people are all here. The government agencies are here to take care of you. It's only a few. Maybe maybe there are a few bad people in the world. Just like there, you know, there's always there's always some bad people in the world. But you know, but you know, good will prevail. But you, you once you realize, you know, just how well studied humanity is, and how how bad the past really is, and how it's not just in the the because the history is written by the victors. So it's actually the victors are also pretty bad in history. But you don't normally think of like the people who won World War Two. You can get into uh, Potsdam and uh, the different slaughters that went on, even you know after World War Two ended, but they, uh, you realize that uh, this agenda is actually going to be fulfilled. Like they're doing it, and I think that that is horrifying. But at the same time, it's it's only horrifying. I mean, you you start to get as you get more and more of a better understanding. You realize that okay, maybe I can't change the system, but I can fix my myself and how I participate in it. And I think that there is something that there is some hope in in that sense. Now,
0: now that Alan is um, gone, who do you guys follow now? Do you do you spend all your time just re-listening to all his old audios? And how many out- audios are there and how often do you re-listen to them to get clips? Cause it's, it's an <laughs> oh awesome
1: goodness. job.
2: There's to... like two, over uh, 2,000 audios. Yeah, that...
1: probably more than that. Yeah, there's, well, there's thousands. There's
2: like over 2,000 of like the, the cutting through like probably like the solo stuff. There's, there's and how
0: like do stuff. you, um, parse it? How do you locate pieces well, of we, it? We,
1: we have been, um, we, We've had the benefit of one of Alan's listeners who's located up in Ontario, uh, up up your way, Yeah. Um, who built an amazing searchable document that he keeps updated, kind of a master file. And oh, okay. It's, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful thing because it allows us to, from that document, we can do all kinds of searches.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we can... Okay, Rick, it's a little windy on
0: your end, if you could just mute. Wait, Rick, oh, it, uh, it was, sorry, Rick. Oh, sorry. It was windy in Australia, so go ahead. Oh, okay. So he created a spreadsheet or a document you can just flip yeah, through. Yeah,
1: it's a wonderful searchable thing, and we can find, we can choose themes that way. We can check news links from it. And so that is how we go about hmm. going through that massive, you know, picking out what we're going to do for the Redux. I try to listen to, there's like nobody that I love that I think, oh, I have to hear their stuff. But I try to find new people that are talking, usually smaller channels or smaller platforms. But they've got a really interesting perspective on what they're watching. And they may be doing some good research on their own. And then I'll check in with the bigger sites, uh, just Global Research or Dr. McCullough or Big Tree, just to keep up on the news. And I'm not endorsing anybody, or I'm just saying that if I want to find out the latest vaccine fallout or, you know, the latest what's going on in Ukraine. Those are some places that I want to go to on a regular basis and and find out what's going on. And I also really appreciate it when listeners send things that, you know, news outlets that they're following or new researchers that they've discovered. Because
0: yeah, I am too. I think it's great. If people send, yeah. just send tips. It's so hard. There's so much out there. You can't yeah. possibly cover it at all. Someone, yeah, I, I, I really endorse referrals as well. I don't listen to every single thing people send, and, and it helps if they give a description of why I should read, listen to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for sure, it really helps when people are out there just gathering the information so you can highlight. I that's what I like to do highlight stuff, just clips Absolutely. that are really good. Yeah.
1: Because I know you know, I mean, uh, that's what I said off the air before we started is, you know, in the time that you've been doing this, you've certainly put up a lot of Mm -hmm. information and linked to all kinds of varied and interesting things. But who who of us, I mean, we're not uh, advertiser, sponsored, you know, who of us has the staff, the time, the energy? Yeah. Because you've got to make something to eat and, you know, run an errand. (laughs) Yeah. So it does, it really, I do um, love it when listeners will let me know what they're, who they're listening to and what they're following that helps.
0: Was so this more of, so is this your full-time job or your hobby for both? Both of you can answer that.
2: So for me, for both of us, it is, we do focus on full-time. Wow. Um, obviously, you know, we're completely committed to keeping the website going mm-hmm. and, uh, so, you know, whatever it's necessary, you know, we—if we, if I needed, I—I've told Melissa this many times. If I need to work a part-time job to keep the funding, you know, keep enough funding for basic necessities and also to pay for the website and so on, then I will do that. Nice. And I'm more willing to do that. I'd be happy to do that. But so far, you know, we've managed to scrape by.
0: Really? So you get a, you, So it's an ongoing concern. There's still enough people that are. exposed. Well, we're
1: scraped We're eking, we're but yeah. I don't mind eking. I I don't mind eking because. You know, I mean I had a one could always find, as Alan would say, easier ways to make a living. But by the time we pick the audio that is going to go up on a Sunday, and it may be that I think oh, if it's a one of one from the four and a half hours, I want to highlight forty-five minutes of it, but I actually have to listen to that. And I may have to listen to four or five or six different audios before I choose the one that's going up. Then I've got to listen to it a few times because I want to write something uh, about it to go, you know, because I've been right since Alan died. I've put up a little piece that kind of, I hope, adds something to the talk or mm-hmm. or contributes something. And then there is looking at the news, you know, that Alan said this in 2020 or 2015 or 28. But what is going on in the news right now, right today, this week, that ties in, that shows the relevance of what he was saying. And so there's a lot of hunting for news and listening and ferreting through that. And, you know, Weston is also updating. He's doing what I did for years, which is updating the pages. And it's an, you know, old-fashioned website, HTML. So, you know, it's not WordPress. It's a little bit involved in how it gets worked on. Were
0: you ever gonna thinking of updating it at all?
1: You know, I mean, maybe I, I've kind she of got a fondness did. for the yeah. the old school look of it now. But what was it?
2: I was gonna say you actually mentioned to me that you did seriously consider WordPress at one point. Well, but there, but was some, there was some there was someone the years
1: books. ago who uh, volunteered, and someone that that uh, Alan had spoken with and, and he knew him as well as you can know somebody who lives thousands of miles away. But that, that man had offered to redo the websites and Alan really considered it, but the, the offer was contingent on it being a WordPress site. And I looked into WordPress and I, what I realized is you don't really own the content in a way that you do on the old fashion
0: size yeah it depends if it's self-hosted or hosted they have a hosting service but i'm mm-hmm. self-hosted online so i own my own data i just use their their script well, as it were so maybe, it is possible. maybe
1: off off air sometime we'll we can talk about that but yeah i mean i there are things that i would wouldn't mind seeing nor would alan have minded seeing you know a more searchable database um
0: yeah well i have uh, a i have a consultant that i use um that I will highly recommend to you I can even say it on the air because he is um, helping me i I've, I've done most of the work, but he is mm-hmm. uh he's a radio guy and mm-hmm. a technology guy and i I, li- I like talking to people that know more than me about certain subjects and have more of a passion. so I will recommend him to you because he he's trying to make a service for multiple people uh, so well, he can that's make great. a living. So he could easily – he has fine-tuned my website. You can see now he just helped out with some of the things I'm not as interested in as just making it more polished and a Mm -hmm. little cleaner. Mm -hmm. Because I only go so far, I'm kind of like you. I'm more of a utility person. I don't really want to glam it up too much just because it's not worth – I don't think it's worth my time. But Mm -hmm. he has helped me, and I think he could easily help you – bring your oh, site into the 20th century and um and self hosted as well so you don't have to worry about losing
1: losing oh, your work. Oh that's
0: great. Yeah. So I will definitely He's a
3: genius. He's a genius There's no two eyes about. It.
0: Yeah, you Rick has actually met him because he's an Australian on uh, man.
1: Oh, that's fantastic.
3: Yeah, and he's worked for some of the biggest radio stars in Australia. Um yes, so he's, he is definitely um
1: good at what he does. Oh, neat. Well, I'd love to hear about him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's very good at what he does, and he's. we're actually trying to build a virtual machine here on my end, and he has helped me do a lot of sound processing uh, for Mm -hmm. my audios, and I don't know if Alan's audios need any processing at all to bring them up to any level, because I think, I'm sure it would just be more of a project to catalog all his stuff. If you could... If if he could catalog in a way that's very accessible all this stuff, I think it it would be good for you. And um I don't I don't know exactly how you're gonna move forward with the website, but maybe you could have a way to give people access to it, easy access to it. And mm-hmm. I personally operate on a value for value model where people you just and I think Alan does too, actually, or did or you do now where you just, people just pay me what they think my site is worth i think mm-hmm. it's a really fair way of doing it because the information is too important to keep behind a paywall and i know a lot of people That's challenge me on that idea so if people get a dollar a month worth of information out of it or some people might say i i got a $1000 worth of uh, value out of it it just depends on their personal situation so it really is, I think, a really good way of approaching it. And it's worked for many people. Um, for me, it's it wouldn't pay my bills, but I just do it as just giving people that want to say thanks an Outlet. And I have as many ways as, as I think you guys do to donate. So I really think if you're going to just rely on his archives, which which you're doing, then if you could... Get a guy like Vela said, his name is Vela said, that's his handle, Joel, to help you. Maybe he has ideas as well that can really, really punch it up a bit.
1: Well, I think, I mean, you know, for me, the the main thing Mm -hmm. is to figure out how, like I said earlier, how to highlight Alan's work in a way that, That gives the widest audience an understanding of how relevant it continues to be uh, for their lives and for and for what we're going through. That they can just listen to it and go, "Oh, okay, I understand that because this really does tie into this old agenda. This is eugenics, you know. Let's not get caught up and." Uh, vaccine fallout, or you know, counting the dead, or how they're going to die, and everything. All I mean, it's interesting. You got to keep an eye on what's going on, but what is it really? It's eugenics.
0: Yeah, for sure. Certainly seems like it. Is all us. his stuff still on YouTube, Melissa?
3: The the because he he did do quite a number of um, YouTube presentations at one stage.
1: Uh, until recently, he never had a YouTube outlet. Other people re-uploaded him there, and there are, right. you you can find a lot of Alan on YouTube by doing a search. But we did um, start a little, the uh, little modest YouTube channel. Yeah, I got it on here a couple
2: yeah. months ago.
1: And I'm we're being very careful about what we put there because there are certain <laughs> things you know the words that are going to get your video uh, banned or off of YouTube immediately, or you're going to yep. get a strike. They're watching for all. And it's interesting, too, because um, Weston put up on the YouTube channel the first thing was from a, a listener had made a video mm-hmm. about chemtrails, and it was quite good, and they had sent it to Alan many years ago. We hadn't done anything with it, and Weston said, well, why don't we – Put it up in its entirety on the website, which he did, and then cut it into smaller pieces and put it on YouTube, which he also did. Well, well I
2: only took clips of it. And put it yeah, up. little Some clips. interesting clips.
1: But he had that first clip up. How many subscribers did we have? Four subscribers or no, they, we only
2: had four views. We didn't have four views. Four four subscribers. views. No you subscribers. subscribers.
1: Yeah. So no subscribers, four views, and immediately Google slapped a little um contrail. Contrail definition amazing. from Encyclopedia Britannica on. Yeah.
0: That's pretty automatic, Sport. I think, at this point. They've automated mm-hmm. that.
2: Yeah, really yeah. automated. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, so because of that, if there's anything at all in the title, if it's about chemtrails, if the word vaccine is in there, so yeah, with with YouTube, we're just careful.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's a pain. But yeah, a bit did did he know, at present. all ever mention
3: Glenn, the Glenn Keeley and that Glenn Keely mysteriously died a year before he died? Um, another Canadian.
1: Well. What, um, what in, in specific, do I mean, you, you mean did Alan ever mention him at oh, all? Well,
3: uh, Glenn Keeley's wife, uh, from what I read, thought that he'd been murdered, and he was a, he was a very big activist, and I know they knew, they knew each other. Um, just I haven't heard much about it, and, and if whether you had or he'd mentioned it. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, Alan did have a, a conversation after Glenn Keeley died with someone that knew Glenn very well and also knew Alan. I don't want to say a lot because that was a personal conversation that he had with someone. Um, but I, my understanding is, you know, Glenn Keeley... Wasn't murdered, and, and uh, there was no foul play. There were a series yeah. of things. It, it just was very unfortunate how his the, how he was living at the end of his life. It was just unfortunate, and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. well, sure he, he was
3: an activist, that's for sure, a very strong activist.
0: I barely so know. I, I barely know know who Glenn Keely is. I think you told me, Rick, about him. Uh, mm, well, I think he lived in the Ottawa area they, they, they both when mentioned up.
3: similar things and I think it was a bit of bad blood at some stage but they, they certainly were onto things that, and, and Glenn was a very strong anti-government activist about just government bureaucracy <laughs> um, so that's why we would have been
1: known each other yeah but, there, I mean there was a, they, they, they did speak, they did know each other, there were there, there were things that transpired, which, again, I do you know, it's not necessary to talk about them, you know, transpired between Alan and Glenn Keeley. Um, yep. uh, but, uh, you know, I think that he had taken a turn, Glenn Keeley, in his work from kind of the straight, activism that he had done for so many years and was getting into more of, I wouldn't say one-on-one teaching, but just a different kind of work. And I'm not really sure what happened. Um, his, His wife had a website up for a while that wasn't his website. It was really just about some of the legal troubles that Glenn had been through towards the end of his life. And it just, it was very unfortunate, and because I, that that was a conversation that Alan had with a, a third party that we're not talking about, and yep. and I didn't know Glenn, I, I don't want to get too deeply into it, but it was just kind of sad, and whenever anybody steps out into the limelight and does any kind of activism or speaks out against corruption, you are going to get some grief for that.
3: Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. It's the most dangerous thing in the world to be. Was was Alan
0: ever threatened in any way by anybody about his research?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were a lot, there, there were a lot of things that, that happened. I mean, there were some things that, that happened that were so strange and, uh, you know, it, he said, if I told somebody this, they wouldn't even believe it. You know, they'd say, "Oh, you're making that up." Okay. But there, were, there were things that he did share on the. Um...
2: Yeah, I played that clip on a dynamic. I think it was the second uh, dynamic independence uh, podcast interview I did. It's uh, we recently posted it a couple. I think it was like a couple weeks ago now. Okay. I actually played a clip from 2008 of Alan Watt talking about this. Like he had like a. a phosphorus bomb dropped down his chimney from a helicopter whoa and, you know he had a crazy flash and,
1: well and, and um, they were actually really quick I mean, um, you know he, he got that camera and uh, and and documented that in other words he was able to take pictures of just how close that helicopter was to his roof so
2: I think it was the October 5th uh, dynamic Oh okay is that a, a uh, radio show? Yeah, yeah, the podcast that I just do, uh, just to talk about Alan Watt. And, oh, that's and, your uh, podcast, not no. my podcast. No, it's, okay. it's, it's run by somebody else. They just invited us on, and I figured I'd go and you know and talk about Alan Watt on there, and so I do. Oh, okay, uh, they're big Alan Watt fans. Yeah, the, the host Johnny, he's he's a fan of Alan Watt. Oh, that's good.
1: So yeah, when and there were other, th- no, oh, there wait? were a lot oh, of things that happened over the year over the years that you would just call classic intimidation where the black car shows up and you kind of, and they're there and they stay there and it's night and they're just on the other side of the railroad tracks, but you can see what looks to be like, you know, some kind of night vision, laser type lights going on. And, and then they just sit there and, you know, at one point, they were there for so long one day that that Alan just paid him a visit and said, Can I can I get you guys some coffee?
0: Oh, is that right? You think the yeah. Canadian Intelligence Service was watching him?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean you,
0: did he have any secrets that he didn't talk about on his podcast? Because the safest way to to conduct yourself is to put everything out there. Like I don't have any information on anyone. Everything I have is that I know I just published. So did he feel the same way or did he have some information? that?
1: Well, no, I mean, he definitely had information and, Mm -hmm. um, he had information that he didn't share. And I see. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't remember at the moment, the woman, but this is somebody that Alan has spoken about on the radio, but, uh, She was a secretary for one of the bureaucrats during the time that they were doing the, basically what would have been at that time called NAFTA. Right. And she had, she ended up coming out. She was so threatened and intimidated that to protect herself, she, she ended up speaking out publicly
0: You have to. And
1: Alan had to, you know, so I I know that strategy, and he talked to her quite a bit. But, you know, many, many, many people contacted Alan over the years, and let's just say. um,
0: Because all he was doing is reading the elite's books. He wasn't for yeah, people but giving this, him secrets? This, this,
1: other, this other element of, you know, kind of keeping your finger on the pulse and having people contact you with their secrets. In oh, other I words,
0: see, yeah. You
1: become privy to somebody else's secrets. You can't publish that.
0: Oh, I see. Because they think they thought Alan was so in in, in sync with what was happening. They would give yes. him more information. Can he,
1: no, can he shed light? Um, oh, I you know. see uh let's let you know let's discuss about let's discuss this off the air is this something that i should that you know they should publish oh um, i what, see is it something that we could publish together so you know he
0: i'm so lucky nobody has called me about stuff like that i never get anything in any kind of clandestine information sent my way just they're just yeah. videos on twitter But I guess
1: I I would say that that there was a you know, he had his share of that kind of thing over the years. And remember, too, that he was at this for many, many years, long before he wrote his books, long before he went on Jackie Petrou, long before he had any kind of a public profile. He was gathering information. He was, you know, taking notice of what was going on in the world around him. So you know his his work goes back a long long time. That you know that he some uh, some of it he has not shared publicly.
0: Is Jackie Petru still alive?
1: I don't. I have no idea.
0: Oh, okay, because were they yeah. radio partners for a long time?
1: Well, the way that he described uh, getting on her show, they were not partners, but mm-hmm. he felt that he needed to come out and start talking publicly about what he knew. But you can't just, you know, who are you and who's going to give you a show? And he was kind of looking for He just started calling in to her show. Oh, I see. And talking. and Yeah. And so she liked the information that he was sharing. And then she ended up having, you know, and he went on the show quite a few times. And that really did help him establish uh you know some recognition as someone who had something to say particularly about the esoteric and and the the ancient you know there's a lot of people who've been talking about truth or the alternative for a long long time
2: yeah but yeah.
0: So did she encourage him to do his own talks and audios? Is that how that worked? Or he just decided to go out on his own after that?
1: Well, i, 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 I that was like a... Uh, I
2: think what happened was that uh, he did start going on other shows in addition to Jackie's show. And then Jackie didn't like that. Oh, a little it, it actually
1: it didn't end well with uh yeah, yeah with the two of them. And I Well,
0: oh, that's interesting. I don't yeah. know any of this history. I'm just just yeah. riffing here.
1: I mean, it was, you know, I this this did come out. I mean, there are there you know, there were people who were listening to shortwave all those many years ago and they kind of heard her lose it with them. Oh. On that. Yeah, on that last show that he did with her. And, uh, you know, I think there were, it, it, I don't know that it was just the fact that he was getting attention. I'm, she hadn't been discouraging in that way. Um, what, what's this, his true nature? What are we I don't looking? know.
0: I'm just looking. I just looked up Jackie Petru and Alan Watts. So, I'm just mm-hmm. surfing around here while you're talking.
1: Okay, so anyway, yeah, it's I I think she wanted him to be more of a cheerleader. She was always looking for uh how this information could be For him the truth was uh neutral, so to speak. Uh it didn't matter to him whether you believed the things that he had researched or put out there, it was just, it was dispassionate. It was neutral. And I think that maybe she wanted it to have a more, a a spin that was more controlled in a certain direction and she would get routinely frustrated with him. And I think it just kind of ended up with her ultimate frustration.
2: Yeah. She always wanted him to be more positive and talk about how it can be. Uh, you know, how, how we can overcome the system and, and that sort of thing. And then, like, what's the, the bright side of things?
0: Solutions, solutions, yeah.
2: yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. that's,
0: yeah. I always get accused of not talking about solutions, but, okay. I <laughs> can't talk <laughs> about everything. I, I don't really have any solutions other than what I'm doing. Just get the information out there. And it, it's really up to people in general to figure out where they are. And what's going on? And you can't really start your own island that easily in the matrix. Right. right. It's, it's wishful thinking, but um, you're going to be on the on a small little patch of land at the end of a long road in the middle of nowhere, and you're going to need services. And if they own everything, it's going to be pretty hard to to navigate. So I think it's just good to sort of know what's going on and maybe understand that the powers that be are not really there to serve you. They're there to serve the elite themselves and you just have to stay alive. So that's kind of what I'm doing and sharing. I I,
1: I, I think besides, you know, Alan's big thing was always think for yourself, be an Mm -hmm. individual. And this was over and over, you know, think for yourself, be an individual. Don't follow anybody. Don't join a group. Yeah. But, but, you know, during the year of COVID, there were a few times when he just moved ever so slightly off that position and said you know you need to look out for one another the best that you can
0: yeah be good to each other
1: yeah mm-hmm. so just you know if 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 you've got don't try to make everybody a fellow believer don't don't hate somebody because their understanding of Reality doesn't li- line up perfectly with yours. Don't, don't try to wake, you know, wake everybody up. Uh, yeah. And if, you know, if they're not fully awake, just hate them and say, Oh, but you've got to, know, because then you come off sounding a little bit crazy because you have to remember this indoctrination that has been done on people for lifetimes. It is scientifically perfected. And it yeah. works perfectly on most people. I agree. So you're yelling at them that they're an idiot, that this is not how reality works. That doesn't help.
0: No. no yeah. And yeah. then
1: you've you know, you've alienated your family, your mother, or your brother, or whatever, and or you know, you've just gotten yourself into that very narrow place where unfortunately that's the place in you know, Orwell's 1984 where the television screen is talking to you don't participate in that isolation by shutting people out because they don't agree with you on everything.
0: Yeah, I agree. You learn that the hard way, don't you, when you're looking into this stuff?
1: That's true.
0: You really do. Nobody wants to hear what you have to say, especially if you recommend Alex Jones right away. That's a really bad idea because if you can't get past his, his shtick, then you're just going to dwell on how crazy he comes across. Even if he gives a little bit of truth here and there, uh, overall you will you'll be sore. I I did that early on, and boy, people don't forgive yeah. you for that. It's almost an unforgivable sin, eh, Rick?
3: Oh yeah, best not best not to mention that um, person.
1: Well, you know, um, Alan had a good way of, you know, sometimes people would say about somebody that was out in the alternative world or, uh, you know, putting out some, they'd say, yeah, but he puts out some good information. Which is true. You have to discard that part of it that... Um, that's not true, or that's overblown, or whatever. And Alan said, "Well, you see, the way rat poison works is it's ninety five percent corn and five percent poison."
0: Yes, yes, it is. And
1: you know, how does the Brilliant. rat figure out what is what? Yeah. So and don't you think
3: I, I what you think just said that, before that the, the alienation thing is so true? That happened. That that's that's what's got again the whole humanity just went through it two years ago, in the last two years. Totally Mm -hmm. isolated from your own
0: family, your own parents. uh, I think it's deliberately done. Well, they did that, yeah, they did that before you could open your mouth. They just said, keep apart.
1: That's right. I mean, one of the slogans that was most heartbreaking that I saw was, alone, together.
0: Oh, yeah, just such
1: double speak. Isn't that straight out
0: of an Orwellian playbook?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> or smile with your eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, my eyes really smile. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and
3: the thing in restaurants, there was and pubs in England actually had signs saying "Do not make eye contact with the table next to you." <laughs>
1: oh, oh my God! That's crazy. Are you kidding? I didn't see that one.
3: Oh yeah, that it was one of the most extreme things. It was because they would it would encourage you to go and socialise with them.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think in yeah. – I heard that maybe in some of the um, discos or uh, dance places, they tell young people if someone stares at you, it's some kind of violence now. They're really training people to – That's here. In, in oh, that's right there. there. Yeah, I thought I heard that. It was crazy. Yep.
1: Yeah, it, start, you know, start it all one starts one. out as a microaggression, and it ends up as violence.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Well, what do you
3: think? Uh, you must be horrified when you see New Zealand's Prime Minister going around talking about mal, mis, disinformation, Melissa, because that's right out of what Alan was saying. This is coming. Yeah. The the, the new weapon will be the words. It's
0: word. not just her. It's it's a worldwide campaign. You this
3: even oh, yeah, um, but she's even the, in the
0: front, t- she's the front woman she's even front in woman Turkey. Forward. Turkey was. Well, she's
1: a you know she's a young global leader.
0: Yeah. She's yeah. one
1: of the. She's not a young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she's a. Oh, she's a yeah. World Economic Forum young global leader. So, yeah. she's, I, you know,
0: I think these they've, they've infiltrated every government at yeah. one level or another. it might not be at the very tippy top, but you can bet the I handlers he got are. I think
1: Biden drunk. too, but he can't remember.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's. The State Department and all the people around him are completely on board. He's just, it's, it's the infiltration and the infestation is, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And every time you hear about a campaign like Malibus or disinformation, it's a worldwide, it's all released at the same time. They're just, they're Mm -hmm. on a calendar. And even in Turkey, we don't hear about Turkey much because, they don't usually speak English, but that has leaked out that their president, who's a bit of a dictator, I guess they all are, um, has talked about arresting people for mal mis, disinformation. So it, it's, I think it's everywhere uh, at the same time. It's just more – you pick up more on your own locality.
1: Yeah, more. And, and this whole thing, I mean, th- this is why you, you, you just don't ever want to take the foot off the gas pedal. You want to keep going with the information because it's a relentless agenda and th- this, who knows what's going to happen next, what so-called variants we get or, you know, a bank crash or, you know, what, what's the next crisis? But what is clear is that what is going to come out of this will be some kind of worldwide maybe not the same you know passport for everybody maybe not the same id for everyone but at the same time countries are all going to get their version of it and it is going to work a bit like the chinese social credit system and you you won't get it if you are giving out malinformation or whatever, you, you will have your privileges in you know, your ability to travel or do business or whatever will be revoked or suspended. You know, how many times does it get suspended before it's revoked altogether? So that's where we're headed. No doubt. And I mean, in some places, you know, look how they trial balloon it everywhere. And, you know, Uh, France last year you couldn't go grocery shopping unless you could show proof of vaccination
0: so that was in Quebec they tried that for a couple of weeks they just
1: I remember when they tested that in Quebec well they did it in France for a little while
0: yeah 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 well I still think that um you have to be positive, but I still also think that there's so many people that don't know the official plan like we do. Mm-hmm. They just think that everything is happening organically and without a plan, and it's all reactionary, but I think we all know it's it's a plan. It's been written in books, and Alan brought up the books and discussed them and turned them into audio so people could under- listen to them, so we just have to expose the plan and and. See if people like the end result. We can easily yeah. just...
3: Well, it was, he, he, he led the way to reporting medical tyranny, and it was on its way. And yeah. he read every little tiny detail from very boring press releases. Yeah. But a lot of people... back, And I remember telling people, you should listen to this, nurse, and they said, well, oh, uh, it's too depressing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. too depressing. It's like, oh, just get off. You know, really, this is the future, and it's happened.
0: Yeah, it is. It is depressing, uh, but you can't just put your head in the sand and ignore it. No, if not anymore. If it's depressing, then you should try and figure out to tell people. Listen, this is what's coming every time you agree to a little incremental change. So you really have yeah. to pay attention.
3: That was the main criticism of of uh, the only criticism I got is, "Oh, that's too depressing." Mm-hmm. You know, is that the best you can come up with? No. Yeah. Well,
1: I always like that scene from um Monty Python's The Life of Brian when they are uh Brian is hanging on the cross and the the two criminals. I mean, it's it's a profane, it's a sacrilegious piece, but it's funny. Yeah. And the, the prisoners are hanging on the cross next to him and, you know, it's dark and gloomy and, you know, but there they they burst out into singing, always look on the bright side, bright side. of life. Yeah, that's
3: a great, great, that was very good. And he, and I do believe Alan was a Python fanatic too, like myself. He certainly knew yeah. a lot of the skits.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and there were many, many one. He, he always said and thought that for sure the major players in that improv group had a good oh, yeah. handle on the agenda.
0: Yeah, particularly
3: their, their, Terry edu- Gilliam, their education had been a EU, little bit a little more complete
1: much. than the average person.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, they were giving the agenda through comedy. I'm sure whoever wrote a lot of their stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like Cambridge and Oxford graduates, and and Gilliam came from a New York advertising company, and, and so they they were very very intelligent.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, we've been going about two hours. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's been a really good chat. uh, Purple Play is uh, listening in on one of the streams, and she says, um, let's all just lay down and accept the inevitable. She says, talk about creating your own reality. Well, I don't think we're laying down, necessarily. I think we're, we're trying to be realistic, because the mob is being led in a certain way, and Uh Well, I
1: I just wrote a a series on covering the new age that went with some talks that Alan put up. And, you know, I'm I'm sure that people don't want to live in a place where they feel overwhelmed. You know, that's the thing is you can't give in to fear. You cannot be overwhelmed by this. This should actually put you in a state of... um, movement and it, it, it is empowering i find the truth to be empowering uh oh, absolutely but yeah but um the whole idea that you can create your own reality is that uh, that's not something sounds i buy into to me. you know
2: sounds a bit, are gnostic, thought, a
1: little bit you know, powerful thoughts are creative absolutely one man or woman's thoughts can make a huge difference in the world but I don't know. You know, you, you try telling your, you try telling it to the man with the machine gun, or the man who is not letting you do something with your money because you aren't vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera. That you're exactly. just creating your own reality, and, and his, you know, that doesn't fit in with my reality. See. No, it just no you can sit there and smile
3: way. at the flowers while you're sitting in your prison cell, and, That's right. and enjoy that view. But you've got to realize that you're in a prison cell.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a beautiful way. Again, back to Terry Gilliam and the movie Brazil, you know, yeah. when they've broken him at the very end, he is strapped into his torture chair and he is seeing nothing but beautiful butterflies and birds flying around and wildflowers in the fields. You know, he created his own reality, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Very good um, analogy there and a very good movie.
1: Yeah, it is an excellent movie. So much agenda in there. Terrorists are oh, everywhere.
3: Yeah. And the plastic surgery disasters everywhere. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah. Women now have had so much work done to their face. I know. It's very similar to what he mentioned in that movie. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, wonderful talking you yeah. uh, Melissa. Really nice to meet you and you. Thanks, it's it's So nice to meet you too, here.
1: Rick. I appreciate your, um, enthusiasm for Alan's work. It's nice mm-hmm. to meet you and I hope yeah. we get Any closing, to Any closing,
0: um, impressions, Rick, now that you've warmed up a no. bit? No. No, I can't do it. Okay, you can't do
1: it. <laughs> I told
3: you I wasn't going to do that and you made me do it. I you
0: did. Sort of naughty man. No, but yeah, you were good. Man. It was good. <laughs> Melissa said she, she I, I asked her first. Cla- I'm
3: better doing Klaus Schwab than I am doing, Alan. Oh, Klaus right. Klaus Rick does Klaus Schwab
0: too. Yeah, that's anyway, fantastic. I'm the, I'm the best,
3: be told, but I won't do it today. Yeah, I don't think Resident many. I don't the, think many Rick people and try and, and do close. Well. Uh, Melissa, Sunday nights right. with Rick and Ab is uh, always an interesting show.
0: Yeah, the Rick and Ab show. You can find it uh if you go to fakeologist.com, click on podcasts, and then it is going to come up here, and it's it's under the Fakeologist Audio Chat. That's our be told. Yeah. Oh, okay.
2: That's our our more,
0: that's our looser more relaxed podcast where we just have people join the Discord server. Discord is an mm. audio platform where you okay. can just connect and you just come in and you come and you go. It's not really planned. Today we had about 8 people that just showed up all at once and we just started jawing about this and that, nothing really organized, but it can be really interesting. It, it can be rambly. Um, but Rick and I come on Sunday mornings, and Rick usually just tells me about a book he's read that he's sort of like an Australian Alan Watt type of discussion, discussion Rick is, because I guess he's such a fan. So he's well, keep-
1: that sounds very interesting i yeah. will I will check it out
0: yeah we we always title it Rick and Ab Be told with Rick and Ab, so we bring up Alan Watt here and there, and he just sort of uses the format where he reads stuff from the past old books, so it's it's similar it's not we're not trying to rip out rip Alan Watt off. It's just sort of a you're influenced by who you listen to, so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much what rick Rick does so yeah well this has been a good talk we weston has gone quiet weston. do you have any closing comments uh you're a young guy do you do you do you have any people your age that are interested in this kind of stuff or
2: uh no, I was pretty socially isolated mm. i've been a loner a long, yeah. for a long time um but uh i think uh especially now that i've you know we started working with melissa and I've been invited on the dynamic independence podcast and now I'm on fakeologist podcast talking to people about Alan Watt. I'm starting to finally, uh, get your voice to know people. Yeah. Who like Alan Watt.
0: And, so, and, and yeah, my
2: experience man. has been, yeah, nobody really knows about or likes Alan Watt. And certainly if they, if they do talk about subjects that like Alan Watt touched on, they never give them credit generally. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very rare. And I think there's other listeners who made the same comment when they heard me talking on dynamic independence. They're like, yeah, I mean, it's so weird hearing somebody talk about Alan Watt. You know, they just not used to it. <laughs> I think that's, you know, that, so there is a, a sort of void, you know, like getting, you know, going on podcasts and talking about Alan Watt. You know, I, when I came here to help Melissa, I didn't intend to actually, actually make audios and post it on Alan's site because, you know, it's not my site, it's Alan's site. But, uh, I think I could see why I, Melissa wanted me to, you know, start talking to people about it a lot because they just, it's just a void, you know, like his, so much of his information is still relevant. But, uh, because there's nobody out there speaking about him or there's, there's very few people speaking. I know fakeologist, I know you on this podcast, you've been talking about him.
0: Yeah. Well, not just me. It's, it's whoever yeah. I associate with tend to bring right. him up. People that have listened to him much longer
2: right right and so that's great and i think there's a you know there's been a, a sort of a lack of that and you know i think it is important that we you know sort of fill that void and actually point out you know alan watts work is very important and it it's value relevant to modern times etc
0: that's good melissa any closing comments from yourself
1: I, Tim, I, thank you so much for having us come on. I've, I've really enjoyed this. And, and Rick, it was nice to meet you. I, I just appreciate the opportunity to talk.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, well, your your website, just for people listening that aren't looking at the screen, some people listen to this in audio form, is cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's Alan Watts' site. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there's so many sub-sites. Are they all... Mirrored is is there? A... Um,
1: they're they're primarily mirrored. The the main mm-hmm. other one to pay attention to is Alan Watt Sentient Sentinel dot EU,
2: because okay. there
1: you will find many many transcripts of Alan's talks that have been translated into other languages. You'll find lots of English language transcripts on that site as well, and on cuttingthroughthematrix.com. But so listeners around the world, if you want to read it in German or Spanish and you'll find chances are you're going to find your language there.
0: And that's still maintained as well by. Yes, it
1: is. Um, and if you look, if you click for instance on that current Mm -hmm. down, scroll down, uh, shows under, yeah. Under shows, see current.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And you click there, you'll see the very latest of the latest as you scroll down so that gets maintained all the time
0: well it's a lot of work i know maintaining websites and audios is a lot of work so uh yeah good good for you good on you so, so that's the yeah so you you have all these original websites i guess that alan created over the years is mm-hmm. there any maybe i i don't know if it would be advantageous to just create some sort of super hub or just maybe simplify it a bit uh, the reason
2: why mm-hmm. they have so many websites is just in case one goes down, you can still get his information elsewhere. So you always recommend people to, like, take notes and, like, write, okay, so here's, just, like, save all his different sites just in oh, case I see. one does go down. Oh, so they, so oh, most I of see. them are mirrors of the comm site except for the Alan Watson Institute. Oh, I see. So that so you know it's it even though it, it seems unnecessarily complicated, really most of them are just mirrors of the com site. It's just to make sure this is the backups, basically. Okay, the com site it's not working. You can go to this site.
1: And the com- you know last month the com site was down intermittently. They were doing some kind of changeover to the system, and it was down intermittently for like three days at different points during those days. So it is nice to have the the backups. And then we've added like the bit shoot and the the YouTube.
2: Yeah, I get you.
1: Different things, but anyway, it's it's valuable because it's just Alan said so many amazing and profound things, and that over the years, and you will find it on those sites.
0: Okay, great, excellent. Okay, well, I think we covered it all. It's very informative. Thanks, Rick, for joining, and thanks, uh, Melissa and Weston. And uh, maybe you can come back soon if you got any new info or anything else you want to plug. I, I still think Facotube of all the video platforms has got the most hits, almost five thousand views of your I know fortitude. Thank,
1: thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that. That's really wonderful. You know that that folk have had a chance to see that. So thanks. yeah,
0: yeah, no problem at all. Well, like like I said, a lot of people on my site like like his work, and we do try our best to attribute, and as I've told many people, when I post a video on tube, if you go down to the source, this is something I had to pay for to put in the software, you can always click on the source of the video and go to the original, and that way mm-hmm. you can figure out where it came from. If there, if it was from a, a noted source, sometimes stuff is emailed to me, and I don't know where it comes from, so it doesn't have the word source, but if I pull it off a website... And, uh, I just attribute it automatically and then it pulls through all your links automatically as well. I don't do this manually. So it just mm-hmm. makes it really easy. So it's got all your, yeah. your website links so people can just go there and, and get the, uh, get the information directly. So. All right. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Uh, all the Thank best. You. And, uh, thanks everyone for listening.